This is season one, episode six of the Going to Beyond the Food Pro Series. And today we talk about why we need a specific non-diet approach for women. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Going to Beyond the Food Show. I'm Stephanie Dozier, clinical nutritionist and emotional eating expert, creator of the Going to Beyond the Food Method and founder of the Going to Beyond the Food Academy. Corporate executive turned health expert with my own journey with weight, body image, and food. It's now my mission to help smart, successful women like you live confidently right now and unconditionally. Ready, sister? Let's do this. And welcome back, my dear sister colleague, your host here, Stephanie Dozier, clinical nutritionist and... If you are a regular listener of the podcast and you just stumble upon this, we have created this pro series, an eight-part podcast episode series for the health professional. You are more than welcome to listen to the podcast for you, but know that it was created with health pros in mind. Now, this is the fourth episode that is focused on professional skills. This eight-part series is both personal skill sets or business skill set and professional skill set. Today, this is a follow-up to our last episode on what I called root cause. If you have not listened to this one, you perhaps want to start there and then get to this one. So season one, episode five, and then come here. Uh, just a quick reminder, we talked about um, the concept of healing the root cause. And when we're talking about women who struggle with food, the root cause is not food. And as a matter of fact, talking about food actually can cause more harm than good. The root cause is body image. This episode takes it to the next layer, trying to understand why women struggle with our body image. Now, I want to make a warning before we go into this episode. Um, I am not a specialist of the topic of gender and gender issue. This is not my area of specialty. So I may make mistake in this episode using the wrong term or the wrong context when we talk about genders and sex and to me, I'm a baby in that topic. So I am putting it out there with the level of knowledge that I have, and I'm open for feedback. So if I'm doing or saying things wrong, please uh, send me a message via social media or an email and teach me what I don't know. But enough to say that this topic will talk about the gender type identifying as women. So people identifying as women and why these people have a unique set of forces that impacts their belief around body image. So here's what we're going to cover in this episode. Why a unique non-diet approach for women is necessary the connection between feminism and diet culture, the intersection between diet culture and women's history, women's socialization, internalization, why dieting is a feminist issue, and last, women's empowerment. 
So let's start as to why a non-diet approach for women is necessary. As a professional, you know that women are coming to you because they want to, quote, fix their food issue because after years of dieting, they've been told in many different ways that the issue was food and the way that they engage with food. And if they could only eat normally, they would finally achieve a normal body. Does that sound familiar? So it's normal for your client to think that food is the issue because that's all they've ever known. They spend their entire life wondering why they personally struggle with food. And if they can only fix themselves and the way they engage with food, life would unlock their dream. That's what I call body fantasies. If you're not familiar with that, you may want to listen to podcast 241. The truth is, women don't have an issue with food. And as I discussed in season one, episode one, getting them to believe that they have an issue with food and teaching them about food is actually causing more harm. When we validate this, we keep them in to the cycle of dieting. The real question we need to ask ourselves is why our client diet? And we've answered that in season one, episode five, called the root cause. Women diet, people diet, because they're fat phobic. They fear fatness. Now, the solution to this is to help people with a non-diet approach, right? The non-diet approach is what is how we approach food and health in a weight-neutral approach, and we help people reconnect with their innate power, their innate ability to feed and take care of themselves and their body. Now, although the non-diet approach is gender neutral, I believe that a segment of the healing approach should address the specific forces pulling at each gender or sexes. From cis women to cis men, trans, genderqueer, non-binary, etc. I believe that each gender have and deserve a segment of their healing approach to be specific to these forces and helping them overcome these forces. That's the true healing. They're going to be on the food method, which is my approach that I created as a cis woman. That has been my life, the last 45 years of my life, and my reality. That's why the going to be on the food method helps people who identify as women that have a similar experience as me. A person who lives in a woman body who has been exposed to the force of patriarchy in an attempt to control their body. Patriarchy impacts all gender, but in different ways. So let's take a look first as to what is patriarchy. Perhaps some of you have no complete understanding of what patriarchy is. Patriarchy is a social system in which 
men, male, hold primary power and predominate the roles in politics, leadership, have moral authority, social privilege, and dominate women. Women are submissive in a patriarchal society. And we live in 2020 in a patriarchal society. One of the many ways in which patriarchy attempts to dominate women is by exerting force that dictate how women should be and behave. One of these forces that is linked to our topic here of helping women not diet is how patriarchy dictate how a woman body should look like, be like, the size of it, the shape of it, the quote, beauty standards. More recently, over the last hundred years, approximately, we have this phenomenon called diet culture. Diet culture has become the cultural form of oppression on women's body. Diet culture judge women's worth based on their physical body size and look, and it assign moral virtue to the woman in its ability to meet up with the beauty standard of diet culture. Diet culture keeps women focusing on their body. Dieting, the goon, the tool that diet culture uses, keeps women distracted on food, exercise, and forces and tell women to try harder and harder at restricting and exercising to achieve the 10 ideal. And that keeps women away from focusing on what's more important. Women, when focused on dieting and on food and on their body, do not use their innate resources to achieve much more important things in life. Now, given the tool of dieting, which is the one proposed by diet culture to achieve this ideal body type, that doesn't work, by the way, 91 to 95% failure rate, women keep thinking they are the problem, not the diet. This is really important here. As a result of this, women keep doubting themselves, doubting their ability, their capacity. It makes us obsessed with trying to make up for what we're told is a personal failure to achieve the good enough body. It is my belief that as a health professional, that our client, our patient must understand why they chase that smaller, thin ideal so that they can fully heal and recover a normal relationship to food, a normal relationship to their body, and live their full life. For women to truly liberate themselves from diet culture, they must know why it was created in the first place. So what is that intersection between diet culture and women history? If you look through history of women, we weren't always controlled via our, quote, body size, shape, or beauty. Women, in fact, were controlled 
mainly over the last 2000 years by our ability to procreate and the chain was religion. It's not until recently that women body became the center of attention. In the mid-19th century, the feminist movement was beginning to form for as women were gaining access to education. Women in the mid-19th century became involved in the abolition movement and continued after the abolition to seek more power, primarily political power. As women became more vocal in demanding the right to vote, patriarchy responded by placing pressure on women's body to be smaller. That's when the Gibson girl was born in the 1880s. This was a personification of the feminine ideal and physical attractiveness as portrayed by male artists Charles Dana Gibson. This female body idea was heavily promoted and published via the new print industry, magazine and catalog. And with that ensue, the first product geared at women's beauty, pills, cream, and even arsenic pill. That's when diet culture was born. At the same time, ready-made clothes were also introduced and women needed to fit the clothes when up to then the clothes were made to fit women. And then our demand for equality and power continued. The suffragette movement is the, that name for these group of women who were fighting for a right to vote. And that is in the 1900, like from 1900 to 1920. Following the Gibson girl, the flapper girl was born. As women were liberated from the corset, they found themselves being binded, binding their natural feminine curve, their breasts, their butt, into flatness. Tinness was perceived then as freedom. This solidified diet culture. And it continued. With ever gaining socioeconomical power, women were presented with a smaller and smaller body ideal. With the second wave of feminism, once we had the right to vote, we continued. And then that second wave of feminism focused primarily on the right to work, equality of earning as well. That's when Twiggy was propelled as the first supermodel. Twiggy, if you don't know who she is, Google her. She was wallowy, thin, looks like an adolescent physique. And it continued in the 80s as women affirm their equality that was gained in the second wave of feminism came the low-calorie, low-fat, aerobic era with Jane Fonda as the leader. That's when we became obsessed with calorie counting. In the 90s, we saw Kate Moss. Kate Moss was even smaller than Twiggy. She was described as the heroine chic, extremely wayish, almost sick. 
the early through thousands saw the Victoria secret angel. And today we have the influencer healthy body ideal. I have a quote for you here from a, an author that described what is called the beauty myth. If you haven't read this book, the beauty myth as a health professional in my program, anyway, it's a requirement. Here's a quote from her. A culture fixated on female thinness is not an obsession about female beauty, but an obsession about female obedience. Dieting is the most potent political sedative in women's history. A quietly mad population is a tractable one. How do we get to believe in this? And that's what you need to understand as a health professional. This is socialization. So socialization is the process of internalizing the norm and ideology of a society. In our case, patriarchal society's point of view on women's body. And it begins at a very, very young age. Let me ask you this as a woman. When were you gifted your first Barbie? Barbie is the pinnacle of socialization for women. Women are socialized at a very young age that they are their body, that they are their beauty. And the best thing that they can be is a good girl. Women are socialized to please and please in part using their body. Where boys are socialized to be strong, intelligent, and non-emotional. Girls are socialized to please. And that at four, five, six years old. Most women who work with me who are chronic dieter encountered their first diet in their early teens. Most of them were surrounded by women who were dissatisfied by their body and dieted. And by the time they hit 12, 13, 14 years old, they were indoctrinated in diet culture with their first diet. Some of them had their first diet imposed to them by their female caregiver, parents, before the age of 10. And as we grow older, we continue to internalize diet culture. Internalization is described as to when a person accepts the socialized norms and value. Internalization is happening as we meet up our teens and our young adulthood. We assume that what we were taught when we were younger was the truth and we start living by it. That's when diet culture becomes who we are. And we are reminded of that every day. We are reminded via thousands of marketing messages, images, social media feed, conversation with other women, medical treatment, beauty industry, that we should fear not being thin. And to cope with this constant pressure, women adapt. I mean, we got to live. And that's why we are the dominant species as human on this planet, because we can adapt. I termed the coin diet brain to best express how women adapt to diet culture, the socialization and the internalization of it. We adapt by becoming people pleaser. We expect perfection from ourselves and hope to offset 
our inability to be in a conforming body. We become all or nothing women, people. I explore that at a greater depth in season one, episode three, the professional series in the diet mindset episode. So if you're not familiar, go and listen to this episode. I have another quote for you again from Naomi Wolf. Your dislike of yourself is a side effect of the poison you're being fed. None of this messaging is real. Your inner bully has learned the lie that society fed it and is giving you fake news about your looks, your value, your worth, and your right to be happy. I'm so sorry that you have to deal with this crap. Diet culture is just making you hate yourself for a profit. This is why dieting is a feminist issue. Opting out of diet culture as a woman is more than simply stopping dieting. It's a feminist act. When we stop buying into diet culture definition of what being a woman is, we reclaim our power back. We say no to being our body. And we say yes to trusting and respecting ourselves. We say yes to using our innate resources for something bigger and more important. Helping women recover from diet culture as a health professional must include the education to how we got to be here today as women. That we are born with the ability to feed ourselves, to care for ourselves, and that we are more than our body. That the socialization and the internalization of diet culture is what created the belief that led us to dieting and trying to fit in and be people pleaser and all or nothing and perfectionists. And that's how we ended up using our body against ourselves. One of the paths to help women recover from diet culture is actually with intuitive eating. And let me explain to you why it's so powerful. When we can use our sources of shame, in this case, food, to rebuild a relationship of trust and respect with ourselves and then reconnect with our innate body wisdom, we can then start spreading this to the rest of our life. We go where it started with food. We learn to reconnect with ourselves and then we take our power back. As we build confidence with our innate capacity to feed ourselves, we can continue to use diet culture sources of shame like body image to regain more of our power. Women's empowerment is centric to recovery from diet culture. This is what we're truly hungry for as women, is our autonomy. Individual autonomy is the idea or the concept that refer to the capacity to be one's own person, to live one's life according to reason and motive that are taken from one's own and not the product of manipulative or distorting external force, aka diet culture. Take this for perspective. In today's society, the greatest punishment that we have is when we take away people's autonomy and freedom by sending them to jail. Well, guess what? 
as women, when we buy into diet culture, we create our own gel because diet culture take our autonomy and freedom away from us. Diet culture rubs us from the capacity to be in our own body, to feed ourselves, to wear the clothes we desire, and to decide of our own beauty standard. Leaving the gel of diet culture is a revolutionary act for women. And it's about claiming back our autonomy, our power towards patriarchy. Helping women recover from diet culture is truly about empowering women to live their full life today unconditionally. Choosing to accept our body is hard, but doing hard things like accepting our body is what builds confidence in women, not a body size. The non-diet approach for women is the solution to recovery from diet culture. Now, if you want to start, or perhaps you already are integrating a non-diet approach specifically for women, we have a training center for you on our website. If you go to stephaniedoze.com, you will see at the top a tab called Professional. Go to our resource center, and there you will find webinars, podcasts, and article. I would highly recommend that you uh, get our intake form. This is the first step for you to start this process of learning this non-diet approach for women. These intake form will take you through an evaluation of your own relationship to food and how dieting has impacted your life. From there, you will be able to start using these forms with your clients or your patient. I mentor women, health professional, working with women in our non-diet mentorship program. The Going to Beyond the Food mentorship program is that space where you can receive training guidance so that you can start implementing this approach with your clients or patient, or perhaps create a brand new business just like I did, specifically focus on this. This program is geared to refine your non-diet professional skills and also to teach you the skills that you need as a woman entrepreneur to build a successful business that can impact thousands and thousands of women, liberate them from diet culture and empower them to live their life now. If you think that that could be a right fit for you, you are welcome to apply for it. We run this program twice a year, January and July, and it's a by application program. I keep this program very small. It's only for about 10 women health entrepreneur uh, that want to build their business or transition their business. And I make sure that I create an amazing and fantastic, powerful little group. So you have to apply for it. The application is in the show note. And we start as we speak here in May. So we start July the 1st. I hope this episode has given you a new lens, a new perspective 
on the non-diet approach for women. In our next episode, we're going to go back to business skill and I'm going to interview a friend of mine, someone who has transitioned her life and her business to the non-diet approach recently as she's going to share her experience with you. I love you, my dear colleague sister, and look forward to hang out with you on the next podcast.